This is Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 183, Dale Clearwater shares his main event, Colt Starting Experience, recorded on May 2nd, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belber. This episode will include... A bit about our time at the Red Deer Main Event Expo. And meet Dale Clearwater, winner of the Main Event Trainers Challenge. Hey, Diana. Has the excitement of the main event uh, mm-hmm. worn off on you yet? Uh, well, it's jump with both feet back into the real world. Oh, but, I know, uh, hey? But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've talked to a lot of people about it. No, that's great. Well, I think the most notable thing about the expo this year was the expansion of everything due to the size increase in the venue. Yes, uh, there was an awful lot to look at, mm-hmm. and there was an extra, there was four arenas going, two lecture halls, crazy. and so it was more than a three-ring circus, it, but there was, was certainly crazy. a lot to see, and a lot to buy, and look yes. at, and, and just awesome. Yes, I did do a little of that purchasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we did get a big drop of snow, and can you imagine having to walk out to those other arenas every single time we made our way out to those arenas, you know, like in the <laughs> snow? That would have been terrible. It it was so nice that it was covered. Yeah, you know, we were really fortunate because we went in um, Friday when the weather was still okay. Yeah. And we came out on Sunday night <laughs> when the weather had basically disappeared. Yeah. And we basically spent the whole time yeah. in the arenas. Yeah. And it was marvelous. It was it like was. this little mini environment that had nothing to do with the snow outside most of the time. Most of the time, yes. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you more about that later. Well, we should let people know a little bit about what we saw. I'm pretty sure I know what your favorite parts were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we always know I like to uh, park myself at the Trainer's Challenge, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, Merle Newton was amazing. I really enjoyed watching him. Now, for for those of you that don't know, and we have an interview coming up with him as well, Mm -hmm. that's really fun. Yeah. Right? But Merle does Rodier. Rodier, sorry. Rodier. Rodier. And uh, it's uh, working with a dog and a horse. Right. And uh, if anyone knows me, they know I love my border collies Mm. and I don't have a border collie right now. But gosh, they're my favorite dog. (laughs) Might be be incentive to get it. Yeah. The border collies, (laughs) the healers, the uh, the Australian shepherds. Mm -hmm. I'm really drawn to those dogs. Mm -hmm. So just had a fantastic time watching Merle and also getting a chance to chat with him a few other times. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It was really fun. Well, I I don't know what I like most, but I'm thinking it was the extreme cowboy race. Um, and the one clinic I saw leading up to it was the desensitization clinic that Trevor Murtis gave. And um, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> so basically in there, they had a whole bunch of, of people that were going to be in the finals. And they were working with their horses to desensitize them to a lot of the obstacles that were going to be in the final extreme cowboy race uh, challenge and so they had uh, this terrible suspension bridge oh my goodness (laughs) it was like 
it was like if I was a horse I would think that was a bear I really would and they had a wagon that uh, was like a red wagon like a covered wagon and they could pull it and their horses could also push it they had a soccer ball that the horses could push and they had oh what other they had you know blocks that they could climb up on and yeah different things like that and they had an umbrella in there as well mm-hmm. so it was <laughs> a rather large umbrella no they a had beach a umbrella. no they had like a like they had a, an umbrella that you oh, could just open a regular and, one. Okay. yeah there was could... also a beach umbrella in there oh well that was in the finals mm-hmm. yes but um it was really uh, it was really interesting to watch how all of these people who were in there were very good with their horses, gave them time, approached the obstacle, let them try it. They backed off, you know, like they didn't want to have anything to do with it. They just came after it again. And before the end of that session, I don't think there was anybody who hadn't gone over that horrible, scary suspension bridge. Now, I have something to say about that suspension bridge because okay. it's the first time I've seen one. Oh, my right? goodness. And I think every horse should be taught about a suspension bridge and mm-hmm. here's why I think that okay because years ago I went over a bridge oh, right. with yes, my yes, horse yes. and yes. the bridge started to shake underneath her when a yeah. when an 18 wheeler came the other way she was not afraid of 18 wheelers yeah she was not afraid of air horns yeah but the feel, feel of that bridge when it started to shake up and down underneath her just about we we you know we got across but yeah. it was nip and tuck yeah so so the, and the other thing that I remember hearing was years back in Calgary the mounted troops were telling us that there was some sort of an explosion yeah, and they were the ground bom- they were, shook. They were bomb testing uh, like the, the action of the horses around that. That's one of our interviews in the yeah. last episode. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those suspension bridges would help a lot mm-hmm. with the horses. Fe- now, mind you, every horse is in a trailer. There's going to be a lot of shaking going on when you're in a trailer. But you know what? That's that's expected. It's that's when the, expected. It's when the yeah. ground starts doing things to you. Like mm-hmm. here, I got to tell a story here. Every time I go um, on this one section of road and I have to sit on this bridge to make a left-hand turn, it shakes. It bounces up and down mm-hmm. underneath me and I'm going like, one of these days this bridge is going to fall right underneath my car. And it just, it's a preservation thing. It's a, it's it's very a preservation feeling, thing. Yes. Yeah. I so, don't like it. At any rate, I think it's great. Yeah, we got to start working on that. Yeah. Well, okay. it was it was a it was a great uh, clinic. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, and I kind of got hung up at the finals too. I didn't even want to come over and see the trainers' uh, challenge finals. So, <laughs> I guess that was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also got to see Dana Hokana mm-hmm. doing a clinic mm-hmm. on getting the best canter. Mm-hmm. or lope mm-hmm. out of your horse. Mm-hmm. It was actually lope because they were doing Western. Western. Mm-hmm. Um, and in essence, it was two exercises before you started the lope. It was isolating the hindquarters and following the nose. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are going to know right off the bat, isolating the hindquarters is turn on the forehand. Mm. And following the nose is a flexion turn that you make. It's not a circle. It's a very yeah. small turn yeah. that mm-hmm. you make you have to make sure that the horse's feet can all the feet continue to go forward it right. can't degenerate into a spin right right mm-hmm. so you get those things going and really honestly this is really funny because she talked about teaching the horse to isolate the hindquarters teaching mm-hmm. the horse to follow them. I mean, no sorry it's not <laughs> oh, okay. it's teaching the person <laughs> yes teaching it's true. the person it's true to isolate the hindquarters yeah. <laughs> teaching the person to have the horse follow the nose because yeah. it's all in what you're doing yeah the horses do it quite honestly quite naturally mm-hmm. once they've done it once they they know 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it's getting the rider to coordinate their aids. Yes. And it's that that coordination of the aids that allows the rider to then pick up the correct lead yes. and feel. Yeah. So that was that was very good. Oh, well, another one that I saw was Jonathan Miller. And uh, that was interesting. I mean, it was really interesting because I wound up seeing somebody in there. I mean, it's really hard. I had my contacts on and I wasn't sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, just to, to tell you about what he was um, giving in this clinic he basically was doing um gymnastics so it was a gymnastics clinic and he talked about the forward motion with straightness giving the horse the power to complete the gymnastic well Mm -hmm. because if the horse is not straight and they're kind of off to the side they're losing that impulsion you know they're losing that forward motion and it's just not fair to them so he talked a lot about that and uh, he did um you know he had this line of gymnastics where you know, you would go over the low gymnastic and then there were two strides and you'd go over the next one. And then there was one stride between that middle one and the end one, which was highest. So he worked the riders through that a few times. And then he uh, kind of worked a course, little courses in after that. And he just made, um, increase the degree of difficulty all the time. And yeah, it was kind of an interesting session. But anyway, I did. I saw Amberly there and I wasn't really sure from the stands whether it was her or not. But <laughs> I followed her out when she left the arena and and then I saw her mom, and I knew for a fact it was mm-hmm. her. So I followed them out to the barn, yeah. <laughs> which was way off in the snow and cold. And mm-hmm. I kept thinking, I'm not really dressed for this. And when I returned, <laughs> I tipped my hat forward. I tipped my head forward because I was trying to help somebody find something on their phone. And I didn't realize that there had been snow on my cowboy hat. I didn't think about it. And it had melted and it poured off all over them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Well, that, that's because I wasn't there to knock the snow off your hat when oh, you came in yeah. like I did the first time. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, when we came from the car in the parking mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the other person that I saw was Jamie Irwin. And unfortunately, we didn't interview him as he was losing <laughs> his voice. Yeah. Now, the, it's called teacher's voice, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teachers in a classroom often lose their voices, too, right. at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's always because I'm always teaching outside. And right. when, I'm, when I get shouting over the wind mm-hmm. or when I was teaching dance, if I was shouting over the music. Yeah. I would always lose my voice. So mm-hmm. I was able to tell him, you know, <laughs> you mentioned the oil of oregano. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but you know, gummy bears, they work too. Yeah. Right? They, I haven't they, tried gummy bears when I'm losing much, my voice. They're much, we suck on them. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. they're much tastier, but it's kind of yeah. like all that oil. Right. So anyway, uh, anyway, it was funny. But yeah, no, there was no way he could do an interview. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I will, you know, just say I did watch one of his clinics and um, it was he talked in in it. He talked a lot about using the outside uh, rein and the inside leg for creating bend. And he told people, just get off that inside rein. (laughs) And they would try and he'd say, nope, nope get off the inside rein. Nope. <laughs> it was really interesting. It was interesting to watch. It was interesting to watch the change that happened with the horse and the rider as he was doing that whole exercise. He, he did a lot of shoulder in uh, to the half pass and half pass away from and back onto the track. And then he had them do um, half passes across the arena. And he says, you know, he says, when a half pass is done properly, it's a very beautiful thing. He says, not a lot of people do half passes properly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was interesting to watch that clinic, too. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So what else did you see, Diana? Well, 
I saw the archers. Oh, and, you're yeah, so lucky. The Wild Rose Mounted Archers. Yeah. And um, the clinics were, I mean, they were a little bit slow because okay. they were basically going through all the safety, oh, and showing you well, how you start. And, but there was nothing fast yeah. about the um, clinics that mm-hmm, they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to go to the <laughs> equine experience and see the little miniature hooked up to his little chariot and mm-hmm. see. Now, I did get to see some of them were dressed up. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the whole um, mounted archer thing mm-hmm. is the costuming, right. which people yeah. love. Yeah. You know, people love to dress up. Medieval? Is mm-hmm. it medieval? Well, no, kind of, kind, sort of? Su- kind of sort of superhero-y, oh, uh, you know. Okay, interesting. I mean, it's costume. Yeah, period. I thought maybe it was like Game of Thrones style. Well, you know, I guess you're right. I <laughs> guess way, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know, lovely outfits, dress uh-huh. up the horses, very colorful. Darn. Now they don't necessarily do that here when they when they're doing it, but they, I think, in the states they have to dress oh, up. So like it's part of the whole. It's routine part of the whole routine. Yeah. So I mean, what did you see when they were doing it? I I know you said it was a little bit slow because they were going through the safety and stuff. But what did they do? They rode around like well they showed the different types of shots that you can take mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they talked about the history yeah. of mounted archery mm-hmm. they talked about the different types of bows they talked about the different styles of bows um she demonstrated a very difficult shot mm-hmm. where you put the bow behind your back and Ooh. down in order to be able to shoot that wolf that's attacking your horse's hindquarters. Ah. So yeah, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of very interesting things like that, but it but it was it wasn't uh, spectacular. Mm-hmm. And the the main event, the equine experience, that's where they would have been dressed up, going mm-hmm. going faster. Yeah, um, yeah. See the little pony in his in his little chariot. I mean, the whole thing would have been fantastic. So that would have been really fun. But we had committed ourselves to the meetup. Right. Truly, I mean, I almost felt the same way when I found out that Jill Barron was going to have a drill team there. But I, we did have that commitment. Yeah, but and I we... did see the drill team, you know. What? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. And they were fabulous. Okay, so this is, the, this is the Calgary Stampede drill team Okay, that Jill Art that Jill, Jill Barron that Jill Barron runs okay and uh, <laughs> the girls were I think they were all girls but there could have been some guys there you know okay but um, they were fabulous mm-hmm. now all their work every single one of them was carrying a big flag okay and every one of them then was riding single handed mm-hmm. on the reins so mm-hmm. and they were walking trotting cantering mm-hmm. um, their did they do patterns or what? oh gosh yes mm-hmm. yeah and their patterns were fabulous <laughs> um, you could see how some of the patterns would have been even more spectacular to watch from above from yeah, the stands yeah mm-hmm. but they did such a good job my goodness oh my goodness I was re- we have to up our game I'll tell you <laughs> our little so- mountain troop you're so lucky well i'm glad we had the meetup anyway mm-hmm. well it's always nice to be able to relax and catch up yeah with friends it's and, too difficult yeah. to take in everything you have yeah. to you have to have a little bit of downtime and it sounds like you know going to the equine experience would be downtime but when we've been on the floor yeah. and racing back and forth yeah. through the uh, different uh, venues and arenas and yeah. interviewing people it was like oh yeah it was nice to just sit back so and, yeah it was lovely well enough about our time at the main event though i think we should shine a little light on
update on our patrons. Oh, yes. Um, this is a great time to thank our patrons. Our patrons help us with a small monthly contribution to our efforts at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Yes, that's for sure. And I do add special extras for our patrons so they can get to hear and see some of the behind-the-scenes parts of our lives and extra things that we do when we're at some of the events we attend. If you can help us offset the costs of storage, bandwidth, equipment, and travel to bring these awesome interviews to you, please drop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. For sure. So, Diana, um, I think this is the first time we've interviewed a competing trainer who's both a judge and a competitor for the <laughs> Trainer's Challenge. Yeah, I think we've um, maybe interviewed people that were competitors that became judges Mm -hmm. but we didn't interview them as judges yeah Mm. well we have this interview with dale clearwater and i think when you're listening to this you should uh, listen to the cat story that he tells (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure and and also listen to dale's thoughts on lunging i thought that was interesting as well yes let's have a listen Well, we're here at the Red Deer main event in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, and Sylvia and I are here getting a chance to interview Dale Clearwater. And Dale, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. No problem. The first thing we'd like to do is just have you, well, we can say right off the top that you're one of the uh, three trainers in the Trainers Challenge, Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about how how you started with horses, Dale? Um, I was actually raised on a grain farm up in Nippon, Saskatchewan, and um, really not a lot to do with horses. We had horses early on in 4-H and that kind of stuff, but I had this rotten little pony that would buck me off all the time, (laughs) and I hated it, but I was kind of determined and a little bit of push from mom to keep up and finally I just quit and I went skateboarding for a while and we did a bunch (laughs) of other stuff and we ran tractors and motorbikes and everything and I had a friend that came out and he was trimming horses because mom always liked horses and so she kept horses around and so we this friend came out and he was trimming and he rode uh, community pasture over there and uh, he invited me to come, and, and so then I just went full bore back the other way again, and that's kind of the way I do with everything is it's either in or out, you know. And and so then I got started back riding probably again when I was 13 or 14 and got to starting some colts and stuff, and Mom and Dad were just always supported us, whatever we wanted to do, so it was really easy to get back into it because they just they just push, pushed us, you know, my brother and I, in whichever direction we wanted to go. Nice. And, and so from there, I we were homeschooled. So when I was 16, I started riding, actually, community pasture, four hours from home. It kind of made mom uh, a little worried, but uh, <laughs> a 16-year-old going off on his own. But um, So then I rode pasture for eight years, and then um, in those eight years, I started working for some trainers and learning the, the reining sport and the cow horse sport and the cutting sport. And then uh, we uh, married my wife in 02, and then... Uh, the fall of 03 we moved on our own and and uh bought our place out there in hanley saskatchewan and been training horses ever since so. and what do you call your place just about a ranch just, just about, about a ranch, ranch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the story behind that is at the time we we bought uh two quarters of land and the and the yard site so it wasn't quite big enough to be a ranch and so there came the name but now we've bumped it up a little bit but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's nice good. nice well i think it's interesting um 
I have I've met, I haven't met too many trainers, and we've met quite a few uh, that were also on the other side of the arena judging. Right. So <laughs> you've judged and you've competed. Yeah. And have you done a lot of judging? Uh, we've just judged the one. Well, yeah, actually, we have done a fair bit other than the one in Saskatoon. I've done that one, I think, three years now, three or four years, I guess. And um, yeah, it's interesting because it's, uh, you know, makes you think what do i need to do better in that pen because um you know as i'm marking my card i'm like yeah he should have done this and this and and so that's like hmm now when i'm competing i'm gonna take my own words you know and try to put them to use is the big thing so well one of the things that i really noticed is the judges pay a lot of attention to safety Mm -hmm. and the talk of safety like the safety tips that are always being handed out to people they so as a judge and and you can throw in some more to me right but from my understanding they want to see a, a clear um, format for teaching your horse, you know, a very a systematic approach that you can let people know about. They want you to be able to clearly communicate that systematic approach, and they want you to very much discuss safety, right? Um, and then they judge you on the difficulty of the horse and how quiet, you know, how how uh, quietly the horse left the arena compared to how they, you know what their uh, disposition in. was when they came in. Yeah. Can you add some to that? Um, yeah, I think the big thing is, uh, yeah, we're we're always preaching safety, obviously, because it's a it's a big, dangerous animal, really. I mean, there, it. I've seen, I watched a video the other day of this mare that kicked a stud and got him right in the head, and it dropped dead. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. It's it just they're so dangerous. So we're always trying to preach that as it, it's the safety factor all the time, and and you know, I think that um, through that. Um, you know, for my deal, it's making sure that hindquarters moves away, right? And I preach that so much. My yes. boys go, Dad, you're repeating yourself. I'm like, no, it doesn't yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to get that yeah. through, yes. you know, and... Um, yeah, I don't know what else. To I say. really think the hunt, you're right. That and and the other thing that I know that you've talked about quite often in your sessions is awareness of space. So where are you and your horse mm-hmm. in in relation to the side of the rail or an obstacle that might be in your in yeah. your immediate area? Yeah. So that's another thing I know you you yeah. talk about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but the. You know, the big thing is there is when you get too close to the side of the pen, you never know what a colt's going to do or a young horse. So they could squish you in there. And, you know, again, it's a safety thing. But the other thing that we I haven't touched on a lot because this colt's been pretty good because he's a little bit snorty and standoffish somewhat. So he doesn't get into my space. Yes. But that's the other big thing where a lot of people have trouble, I think, um, is that they want to make the horse their friend and you know and feeding it cookies and all that stuff and and next thing you know the horse is walking all over you and when he's in your space already you know and he happened to get spooked or something there's nowhere for you to move to get you know there's no time he's on top of you and you're done yeah and i think the other thing people tend to forget is they get complacent because they have a quiet horse yes and they forget that all horses can kick all horses can spook yep right and it doesn't matter how how quiet your horse is you have to be aware all the time well let's get into a little bit of what you were doing here so that feisty little palomino gelding you the first one of the first things you said is the gate is going to be the hard spot yeah of course they want to go back to that gate and get out right yeah for sure so you talk about the gate being hard spot everything else is is sweet yeah yeah and i do that with everything in the training you know and it it always comes down to that 
we're trying to make the horse work with us and so at the start it's the you know the gate is the spot where i'm gonna make him work harder make the wrong thing difficult right and and on the other side of the pen is going to be the easy spot but it, it there always is those times though where it in when i'm doing that you know the barn's the hard spot out on the trail is the good spot you know but every time i'm thinking that way it's always with me is the good spot right yeah. you know always looking it, for yeah, you to me, be the yeah. comfort zone but yeah. not on the leaning post <laughs> correct yeah it's a respect thing and i and i mentioned that in the go rounds too is that this isn't a friendship it's a respect thing right and that's i think where a lot of times you know including myself i'll get a really good one and you know he's getting ready close to the maturity time and i'm like man he's working good you know so i just don't do a lot to him to keep that real respect there and next thing you know i go into the show pen and he doesn't work as good because i've been friends with them rather than had that respect thing and i don't mean that wrong we can be friends with our horses you know yeah, but of course. It's, it's a yeah. relationship it's a fine line. yeah it's a it is it's a very yeah. fine line yeah. because it's like a, a kid you you uh give him an inch and he'll take a mile a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. and that's how we're wired too you yeah. know? And, yeah. the, and the horses as well so yeah absolutely yeah. so one of the things i like the most so you you did a lot of um free lunging first and getting the horse to connect right right yeah. and i think that that little horse really demonstrated it well yeah, because sure. he was not wanting no. anything to do yeah. with you in the first place yeah that's something i do on all of them especially in these deals because i feel like it's that without having a halter rope on them we're teaching them to respect us in a way you know and and i think as soon as you put that halter rope on them they lose a little bit of that you know so it's like this is on your time buddy and you're going to try to figure it out and gain that respect for me with it being on your own time you can go ahead and do whatever you want but you might not like what's going to happen when you're out there and then when you are with me it's going to be the good place to be <laughs> absolutely so. and so um one of the things i really liked was so people often see that okay the horse is coming towards you or wants to be with you great um you're trying to uh, convince them to come closer but the moment they turn away they go, oh, chase now's them. the time to chase them off. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that's the first time I've heard anyone say, don't do it. Yeah. Give them a second chance. You Can bet. you explain that a little? Yeah, I think that uh, comes from probably all of our moms out there giving us lots of second chances. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, so I, and I, you probably heard me tell the, the cat story, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's where I think that, Oh, maybe the, we should tell them. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't heard, them. I haven't okay, heard the yeah. cat yeah. story. Yeah. Well, it, so many times when we're working with horses, is that they, the horse gets into trouble, but he doesn't know how not to get into trouble. He's just—it's his natural thing. He's fear and flight, right? He's trying to get away from us, and um, so you know, like you were just saying, what what'll happen is the horse will go to turn and go away from you instead of staying hooked, and right away the person's in there chasing him, but he didn't know. He, he's trying to leave to try and go and survive so now he's trying to survive and then he gets in trouble for trying to survive so next thing you know the horse wants nothing to do with you because every time he goes to leave he goes oh, here it comes i'm gonna get in trouble yeah. yeah yeah so i tell this the cat story and it's a uh, guy buys this cat and he buys a litter box and he's got this brand new cat it's not litter trained so he puts it in the house and goes and puts the litter box somewhere wherever yeah <laughs> and uh as cats do he didn't know where the litter box was so he goes and poops on the floor and about an hour later the guy goes and finds the cat and rubs his nose in the poop and throws him out the window <laughs> next day same thing happens 
cat poops on the floor. It's like two hours later this time. He rubs his nose in the, finds a cat, rubs his nose in the poop, throws him out the window. Third day, same thing happens. Fourth day, cat pooped on the floor and jumped out the window. (laughs) So you really want the horse to associate the right thing with the correction. Exactly. Not the wrong thing. And that's a big thing is that giving him those second chances instead of going to tune in on your horse right away, you know, help him to think through that rather than right away gritting our teeth and going, you sucker, you're going to get it for doing this. A lot of times we just have a way happier horse and a horse that's willing to work with us rather than for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That, w- that, was, that was excellent. I yeah. really like that. Um, so one of the other things that we have already mentioned, and I saw you talking about it, was indeed you like to see the horse move the hind away and turn to face you, mm-hmm. right, yeah. when you're working with them. And you also said switch sides a lot for sure and don't necessarily try to work through something on one side yeah so maybe sides, yeah. maybe tell us a little yeah, more about that. that's a common thing that we do is like well get that side good you know get the first side really good and then when you go to switch sides you start right back from scratch right because the horse has two brains yep. so each side is different so um, a lot of times if I see some little thing that can maybe make me want to think that that horse needs a little bit of relief on that side or he did, you know, if we were flagging him and he was scared out of his mind and running around and he slowed down just a little bit, just switch sides. And a lot of times I've seen it happen. I've seen guys do it actually where they work on that one side until it's good, switch to the other side and start right back from scratch. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it can actually mm-hmm. be a lot quicker Oh, it's to switch sides and it also gives the horse that break. You right? bet. It, it's right? the way of still for myself I say I'm a busy guy and I got lots of horses to ride and stuff so I it's a way of of multitasking in a way and the horse still gets a break you know there's that time when you switch sides and then it's a relief for him and I mean it it just goes you can I can you know well like this deal is I say it's not realistic in a way doing six sessions and doing this much on a horse but at home we do we're riding them by the third work most times and it's because of that you know just multitasking and it's like short 15 20 minute works you know it doesn't take much no and i think that's the other thing people forget if they hammer away at something trying Mm -hmm. to get it perfect and they spend an hour doing it yeah they put the horse away unhappy right yep for sure so you get a little bit get it in 15 minutes yeah Yeah. so actually these things demonstrate that super well Mm -hmm. right yeah because that's the other big thing too is that if your horse gets tired just quit there's always tomorrow right and i and you could see on this horse he might still be kind of fresh and maybe want to buck a little bit or whatever but i'd like to keep some of that in there that freshness in there so that he's willing to come out and work rather than every time he goes away he's dripping sweat and going tired here we go again next time he comes out you know i'd rather have him a little bit more desire to want to come out instead of being tired every time. Now, the last session, too, the fourth session, was the first session that you actually got up without um, free lunging him or, or working him on a... Right. Yeah. Turn him loose or anything. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so eventually you, you want to be able to do that because people yeah. get to relying on... You, they have to lunge their horse every time before they ride it. Who's got but, time for that? Yeah. I, I think the lunge word is a sin, personally. <laughs> <laughs> a sin word because I don't... I feel like if you can't get into the horse's mind and teach him how to be good before you get on, um, we're doing something wrong. If we're just exercising his body so that he's not going to buck or do whatever or be or behave when we get on by lunging, 
you're doing something wrong. And I always feel like I tell everybody, all lunging does is get your horse in better, better shape. Better shape, yes. So that yes. next time you got to lunge him longer, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be in better yeah. shape to Creates, buck your butt it, it off. Create right? stamina. Yeah, 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 yeah for you sure. Need for the wrong thing. You need yeah. a reason for doing it, and yeah. you need to do it right. Mm-hmm. And I do so, move the horse around me mm-hmm. in kind of a lunging manner, but it's not lunging. It's no. teaching the horse to respect and getting into his mind rather than just exercising his body. Yeah, mm-hmm. frequent changes of direction you and getting that. them to listen to... Um, um, commands yep. like uh, what am I trying to say? Not voice commands, body commands. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Voice Gestures and things like that, and they they pick up on those so easily, and people, yeah, people don't realize it. Yep. So I I think the other thing that I really like that you said was um, never go in with a set goal, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah, you need to have a plan. You want to have some kind of a plan going yep. in. You got to have some kind of goal. Yeah, for but sure. Explain well, a little bit more about what you mean by that. Yeah, and even in these deals too, uh, definitely we have a goal because there's there's a finale, right? There's a there's a yeah. trail course that we have to do, so we have to it's prepare the horse. Yeah. But the big thing is let the horse tell you where he's at that day. Don't go into it and I said it in the session there. Don't go you know, I got my groundwork and it's watered and I'm ready for a stopping day because we show cow horses, so we need to do the rain work stop, right? I go into the day going, all right, it's a stopping day, and all my horses are going, no, I want to go today. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of teaching them to whoa, let's maybe work on fast circles or, you know, do some different stuff because that's always the thing is we, we get these goals in our mind and the horse has to adapt to what we're the way we're thinking rather than the other way around. So be yeah. flexible. Yeah, yeah with them. for sure. And you'll be both be a lot happier, <laughs> yep, right? Exactly. I, I know you also said you want the horse to work with you, not mm-hmm. for you. Right. Right. Yeah. So and that would be part of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You also said they're not dogs. <laughs> right? I that like steps that. steps on a lot of people's toes, but it <laughs> yeah. it it's the truth will come out sometime though. You know the people that might come up and say well, my horse likes me, and he, he can be my pet and whatever. Well, maybe a month or five years down the road, he might have kicked that person and put him in the hospital, and then they're going to go, you know what? He was right, because well, they are dangerous. And yeah. if you want a pet, yeah, get yourself a cat and teach him how to use a litter box. Yeah. <laughs> can, I circle, can I circle back to the dangerous thing? Because I want our listeners to understand that horses are not dangerous as in aggressive as, as if they're out to kill you, but they are big, strong mm-hmm. animals and can yeah. inadvertently do things Accidentally. that... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, they can go that way though too. Oh, they, they can, can be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably all all of us oh, have yes. seen that. So. Yes. And that's yeah. that's man-made as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's the thing. And then yeah. when you have to deal with that sort of an issue, that's a totally different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean. Um, they're not dogs. They're not as smart as dogs. And when you when you talk about horses loving this or loving that or loving you especially, mm-hmm. it is usually treat or it's habit. They're yep. very habitual. They the only thing probably more habitual than a horse is a person. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen a horse. I've trained a lot of horses over the years, and and maybe there is the horse out there, but I haven't seen a horse that loves the human yet. They love being um, in their comfort zone, and that's eating with their friends. You know, and around stuff that they can be comfortable with. And yeah, they can get to where they're comfortable with us, but they'd rather be surviving than doing the work for us. And that means eating and sleeping. And you can train them. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you can have your horses nicker when they see you coming because they know that they're going to (laughs) get fed or they're going to get let out or they're going to get, you know, groomed. But it's associated with that. It's associated with all that other stuff. It's not necessarily you, it's that, yeah. Yeah. They associate it with food or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, now, okay, so one of the other things you said is the last thing you want is the feet stuck in the ground. Mm-hmm. So that goes along mm-hmm. with the moving the hindquarters <laughs> yeah, away. for sure. But um, I think it might be worth you explaining to people a little bit about uh, what the difference between um, relaxed or accepting mm-hmm. and frozen. Right. Yeah, it, it's kind of a feel thing. You have to learn, obviously, and, and, and see it in the horse. But a lot of times they you know they'll you'll see people using the flag which it can be a really good tool but it can be very bad as well and they'll be flagging their horse and saying look at he's he's quiet he's standing here and the horse is his his eyes bugged out <laughs> yeah. and his feet stuck in the ground but he's not moving he's not moving but Yet. the minute he moves it, it's a blow up yeah. right and so Explosion. having that softness you know and and the big thing i think is that when the horse it's i don't mind that they want to move off of that pressure and i actually encourage it you know to get those feet moving so that they understand that that's okay so if they do get in trouble just right away they they know don't buck just roll your hindquarters and soften your body and the big thing is is that when they get in trouble when they do finally slow down and stop it's with a very soft you know slow methodical step to it you know it's not they go from flat out to er, stopped and yeah. stuck in the ground you know yeah. and you see it in their eye you see it in their feet like that colt of mine a lot of times he'd have that hind leg kind of cocked and just resting when he's standing there that's not a horse that's stuck braced no. yeah. yeah that's, that's okay. a horse that's relaxed yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean the last thing you want is a horse that doesn't want to move off exactly yeah. yeah much harder to deal with yeah that's the name of the game we yeah. gotta teach them to move yeah yeah, yeah so I, I think you yeah we already talked about that one okay sorry folks i'm just checking my notes because i do <laughs> cheat oh uh, the other thing that i really liked that you said was um you know you worked on the saddle on both sides of course you stepped up but you stayed on one side so the the mistake that a lot of people make it doesn't matter what tool they're working with they need to work one side of the horse mm-hmm. and then the other side of the horse yeah, and sure. then go over the top. Yeah, exactly. yeah, And it doesn't matter if it's a tool, a tarp, yeah. or whatever it is. You have to work both sides mm-hmm. and then go over the top because if they see it come over the top and see it in their other eye. Yeah. And so you took that right over to the uh, mounting. Mm-hmm. Make sure when you're getting up to just the first time yeah. on one side yeah. that you don't actually get over into the other eye. Right. right there? Yeah, and keep their nose bent on that same side. Towards So you. they don't get... Because if, if I'm only up halfway and he looks at me at the other eye and spooks, when I get down, all of a sudden I'm over on that eye, and that's when a lot of people, I've seen it, people get kicked. I've, yeah. A buddy of mine broke his leg that way. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I think I know who that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so really important to keep the horse's head bent towards you yeah. and to only. Yeah. And, and you know, you tell people, we tell people this all the time. I mean... Um, Get yourself a trainer. Get mm-hmm. yourself a coach. Yeah. This isn't something you you yeah. watch videos and just try to do on your own without some prior experience. Yeah, for right? sure. Well, and that's kind of my theory too. It's why, you know, I don't. I'm not knocking the guys that have a booth and that have videos and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like that's why I don't want to make a video or you know do that sort of thing because every horse is different and you're going to come to me and watch a video and say well that didn't work on my horse but that was because the horse in the video was different than yours Absolutely. you know so and that's where i I encourage people to come for lessons and bring your horse you work with your horse if you want you know or clinics and that kind of stuff because it's every horse is different like approaching this horse you know i change my game plan 10 times when you're in the pen 
and uh, so that's where I I struggle with the whole video thing. Everybody's always like, "You got to make videos and stuff." I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's just yeah. not my thing. And then that's excellent. And people, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because every horse is different, and it's they don't catch the nuances, and it's hard to give them all the nuances on a video. Exactly. So one more thing you said, um, you know, if you normally wear spurs, mm-hmm. yeah, you should wear the spurs. If you know whatever you wear, whatever you put on your horse, all those things should always be the same, mm-hmm. right? You shouldn't yeah. be adding them after. Right. But you'd better be comfortable and good with your spurs. You betcha. Yeah. So if you're not real good with spurs, yep. If you're not real good with your legs in the first place then don't, do don't have spurs no. on yeah i'm i'm big on that i don't want to change my world for the horse um i want to make sure that he understands that that's what everything my world is about right from day one mm-hmm. and that's the only thing though is that if you the spurs is the big one like you can wear your chinks and you can do all that other stuff but spurs if you're a tall troubled or you know you get a little worried when the horse does something don't wear them yeah, you take them bad off. enough yeah. when you grab with your hands. Yes, exactly. Right. And now you're grabbing with your hands and your feet. It, yeah. That's what's going to set them yeah. off, you yeah. know. Yeah. But um, and that's where I always tell people, like, if you're not comfortable doing it, you know, and you have the extra money, send send them to the trainer mm-hmm. for a month or two to get that nice start. And you know, like this horse, he's definitely not used to my feet yet at all, but he's on the right track. Yeah. You know, and if you I started, if I introduced it a month from now. We're going to have to start right back from scratch. He's going to go, whoa, you, you showed me everything your world was about. Now you're adding this? Yeah. Yeah. So I... Yeah, well, I think that we are done. Cool. I think that your horses... Anything that... You've got a few more things to work with this morning? Yeah, I gotta, I'm going to try to get through a few more obstacles, you know, just to prepare them for the finals. But if we don't get there, it's not a big deal either. And again, it's... Uh, I always tell people that it's... It's not a competition, you know, but it, it is in a way. I mean, everybody wants to win, and you don't want to be second. But you all know, you I, three, all you three, are so close. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it is too. <laughs> yeah, the other two guys are doing a great job, and yeah. it, you know, but um, in the end, it's just you got to work with the horse you have. Try to bring him along at his pace, and that's the thing. You're there for the horse, and hopefully for the people. And if you win, good. And if you don't, no big deal. I'm happy with how the thing worked out in the end. So. Well, I think that everything that you demonstrated to people and all the talk about safety was wonderful, Dale. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. And bet. best of luck. Thank you very much. And how do people find out more about Dale Clearwater if they'd like to look him up? We're in the middle of nowhere. You can't find me. Do you, um, are you no, on the, are, do you have a website? <laughs> yeah, justaboutaranch.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You betcha. My wife kind of has some stuff on there, and she's on Factbook, too, or Facebook, Facebook. whatever you call yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Factbook. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Just About a Ranch on Facebook, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for the interview. You bet. Well, Diana, we've heard this same story many times about a boy who loved his skateboard and motorized vehicles before he came to horses. Or came back to horses. And and I think it was kind of funny. I mean, he talked about his pony and the fact that he hated his pony. And, you know, we hear all these stories all the time about ponies, how awful they are. And, you know, a lot of people have said to me they never liked ponies Mm -hmm. until they met me. Well, (laughs) so it just brings to my mind uh, Kyle Tim. How often did we watch show jumper Kyle Tim ride in those junior competitions and his pony was just a little, what did you call him, a shite? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, look what he did in the end. I mean, he's been doing great things. Yeah, well... You know me, I love ponies. (laughs) It's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, uh, he talked about uh, some interesting things, and he talked about cookies and making your horse your friend and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, well, we know <laughs> we know there's a lot of things you need to think about, yeah. about horses. And, you know, sure. treating your horse. Um, some horses can be treated, mm-hmm. and other horses get very pushy about being treated. Yes. And, Never uh, let your horses get pushy. Yeah. And you shouldn't really be giving them cookies for nothing. You well, don't no, give that's them true. for nothing either. That's true. Um, <clears throat> and lately I've been making a point of when when I treat my horse most I'd say 90% of the time when I treat my horse I actually walk over to where their bucket is hanging up and mm-hmm. I offer them the treat there mm-hmm. and yeah it's kind of then they know that that's where they're going and that's where they're going to be treated so they don't kind of push you around mm-hmm. yeah um and, you know, I just want to, I, I know I circled back in our conversation, but I want to talk about this dangerous thing again, because I often run into beginners that are terrified to approach a lesson horse or parents that will not let their kids take lessons because they've heard horses are dangerous. And I feel I need to give a little bit of context to the word dangerous, Diana. Yeah, okay. Well, I I have to say that I tell everyone who comes on my property, the first thing I tell them is that horses are dangerous. Hmm. Horses are big animals, yeah, and they can true. hurt you inadvertently. Yes. They weigh a lot more than I do. You can get stepped on. You can get pushed <sighs> down. Mm-hmm. You can get accidentally knocked. I mean, there are so many things that can happen around a horse. They're, they're well, dangerous. That's, that's why you wear your helmet, for yeah. sure, and they're, hard boots. And... They're dangerous just because they're large mm-hmm. and heavy, yeah. and because they're also flight animals. So we have to make sure that they they do they will spook yes now lesson horses are angels they and are lesson angels. horses you know are are very safe to be around mm-hmm. but that can lead to complacency oh, that can yes. lead to people thinking that all horses are like this mm-hmm. so the other thing i tell them besides you know horses are dangerous yeah these horses will not deliberately hurt you mm-hmm. these horses but but you'll be at some point you will be around other horses Mm -hmm. and so we can't be complacent we have to teach good habits of safety yes and so you know we're always talking about pay attention to your horse Mm mm-hmm and know where your horse is. Keep your hand on your horse, especially mm-hmm. around the head. And if when you walk around the back. Mm-hmm. Well, just be aware of exactly where your horse is. So yeah. that if you turn around to talk to somebody else, <laughs> you still have your hand on that horse. Yeah. And when we talk about safe area, so when a horse is trained to be walked around... The closer you are to the horse, mm-hmm. the safer you are. Yes. We talk about danger zones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, yes, horses are dangerous, but they offer so much. Yes, right? they do. And it, it's just a matter of teaching people good, safe habits around horses yeah. and not to be complacent, period. Exactly. Right? And to not think that, so not to think that things are funny, um, that oh. some things are comical. Like I remember one guy oh, telling dear. me, and, and I straightened him out in a hurry, <clears throat> he thought it was really fun that when his horse was walking behind him, he was pushing him with his head. Mm. I said, this is not funny, and this <laughs> no. is my horse, and you yes. will not let it happen again. Yes. Right? Yes. And you will lead your horse properly. Yeah. And you will you will keep that, 
bubble around you. Yes. Right? Yes, because so, that could turn into an extremely bad habit very, mm-hmm. very quickly. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so many stories we could tell about horses, mm-hmm. Diana. You know, like I thought maybe I would talk a little bit about his working both sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I remember when I was I was expecting, I was expecting, I don't know which kid it was. I've got four kids, so mm-hmm. <laughs> four young men. And uh, I was helping somebody with their horse. And I said, yes, I said, I can help. I can help with this horse. I said, but I can't do any of the stuff that's going to require a lot of physical stuff because I'm not going to put myself in danger. So this was a young horse. They were starting it out. And I said, okay, I want you to get this horse leading. And I showed them this is how you're going to do it. And I said, you need to do this on both sides. And I said, when you've got the horse leading well, then I will come and I'll start working with it. So uh, they said, okay, we have we have her leading well. And I said, okay. So I came and I said, show me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't do it myself. I said, show me you leading the horse so they showed me and I said okay now switch to the other side and so they switched to the other side and it was an absolute mess it was a blow up and I said did you not work with this horse on both sides and they said well why would we have to work on both sides and I says well a because I told you you had to mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said b because horses do not make that connection with something that happens on one side happening on the other side you mm-hmm. have to actually do work that both sides you have to work mm-hmm. both sides so it was an interesting story it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing for them to learn and uh, yeah just kind of it it confirms what uh, dale was talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know i loved his fact book facebook <laughs> that 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 was that was so funny yeah that was mm-hmm. yeah facebook is not a fact book that's no. for sure <laughs> And as he said, he doesn't do much. (laughs) That's his wife's job. Well, Diana, we have so many good interviews coming up. Um, But anyway, um, we usually talk about events here, and there's no new events that I'm aware of. But I did hear some news. I heard that uh, Canadian show jumping icon Ian Miller has announced his retirement. Well, well, retirement from competition. Yes. Of course, he will still be busier than ever. And he said he really wants to be working with young horses and riders, mm-hmm. bringing them together. And of yeah. course, he's got, you know, Amy and Jonathan working yes. in his, you know, so he's already got his replacements there. Yes. His yeah. family. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Millerbrook Farm will benefit from his presence there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, they will miss him in competition, but he'll still be contributing big yes. time. Mm-hmm. Well, Diana, once again, I'd like to thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Uh, without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Right. If you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Well, Diana, I always like to uh, talk to our audience a little bit about uh, what they're up to. And the one question I thought that I would ask this episode is, have you ever been to a horse expo? That's a good question. And if so, what did you think? Oh, there we go with the two questions again. But ah, yeah, they are related. It's related. (laughs) Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to answer that question Mm -hmm. for now the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the facebook page but if you're not on facebook let us know by email at podcast at canada equine.com and speaking of the facebook page uh you know our listeners are from all over the world and we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the equinely inclined facebook page 
So I would recommend actually going to www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and making sure the settings for the page are like and follow. Thanks a bunch. So please remember this. If you hear something interesting or helpful, let others know. When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses. And we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. Yeah, let us know what you think of this episode. Is there something else you'd like to hear on the podcast? Leave us a message at www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined. Or if you listen to the podcast and aren't on Facebook, send us an email to podcast at canadaequine.com. Well, next episode, Diana. Hmm. We do have about eight more interviews for our listeners, so we need to keep going. Do you think you can work in another free spot this uh coming upcoming week diana (laughs) well next week sure no problem this week's almost over no i know yes (laughs) well listeners please make sure that you've liked and followed the page so you'll hear about important announcements and also be notified when we're live and please find someone new to introduce to the world of horses yes and one last message a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support and remember supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equine podcast get an inside look at our lives so until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belvar and give your horses big hugs for us.